Welcome to the Climate Report on WFMP-FM 106.5, Louisville. This is Hart Hagen, your host, and we are on episode number 328. Today's topic is trees and climate. So the issue is, what role do trees play in climate change, both as part of the cause and part of the solution? What role does deforestation play as part of the cause of climate change, and what role could reforestation play in the solution? In other words, when we refrain from cutting down a tree or a forest, what have we done to slow or reverse climate change, and how exactly does that work? On this episode, you're going to hear things that you rarely, if ever, hear in the mainstream climate narrative. By mainstream climate narrative, I'm talking about what you'll read in the New York Times, what you'll see on Inside Climate News, what you'll read about in Science News. Unfortunately, these outlets are captured by commercial interests, and they have constructed a very narrow explanation of why climate change occurs and therefore what the solutions are. The narrow explanation is, well, it's because of CO2, which is a greenhouse gas which heats up the atmosphere. And that's why we have so much in the way of floods and fires and droughts. But trees and ecosystems and water cycles have a very real and very powerful ability to control our local climates, sometimes called a microclimate, and trees and uh, ecosystems and plant matter have a very real ability to control surface temperatures, which has a very real impact on the greenhouse effect because the greenhouse effect is not solely caused by greenhouse gases. It's also caused by whatever the sun hits when it hits the ground. When the sun hits the ground, is it going to hit a frying pan or an air conditioner. When the sun hits the ground, is it going to hit pavement, which is a frying pan, or is it going to hit a forest, which is an air conditioner? And if the greenhouse effect represents an excess of incoming heat over outgoing heat, how much is that excess? I'm told that excess is 1%. And it wouldn't take that much plant matter on the ground to change that excess of 1% incoming heat. But we just don't hear about that. And we don't hear about the very real ability of water transpired from trees, transpired from plants, the very real ability of water to cool our climate. So walk into a forest. Does the forest feel cool? Why does the forest feel cool? The forest feels cool because of shade, but the forest also feels cool because of the transpiration of water. Transpiration is like perspiration. It's water vapor that comes out of trees, and every gram of water that evaporates that way takes a measurable amount of heat and turns it into another form of energy. So water removes heat from the atmosphere, so we want as much of that as possible, and there's no better asset that we have than plant matter, 
forests, bushes, vines, shrubs. So let's look at 13 ways that trees can be instrumental in restoring our climate and providing for a future characterized by health and prosperity. Way number one that trees can be instrumental in restoring our climate is that trees capture rainfall. According to the U.S. Forest Service, a medium-sized tree can intercept as much as 2,380 gallons of rainfall per year. So if there are 20 to 40 rain events per year, then that one medium-sized tree is going to capture between 50 and 100 gallons per rain event. So how does it do this? How does the tree capture all that rain? Well, when the rain comes down, the rain sticks to the leaves of the tree. The rain sticks to the bark of the tree. And then that water falls or flows gently onto the roots of the tree. So what does the tree do with the rain that it captures? For one thing, it creates leaf litter. So mainly in the fall, the leaves fall to the ground. And in a natural setting, where we don't artificial, artificially rake or remove or blow the leaves away, that leaf litter is going to create a place for water to soak in so that it soaks in more and runs off less. So Doug Tallamy in his book, Oaks, says that the water from a two inch downpour, for example, more than 54,000 gallons per acre is captured almost entirely by an oak forest's leaf litter and the organic humus that it creates. Litter and humus don't hold this water indefinitely, but they do corral it on site just long enough for it to seep into the ground. Replenishing the water table on which so many of us depend. In areas with no leaf litter, the same two inch rainstorm causes a flood. Bare soil cannot and does not hold water in one spot long enough for infiltration to occur. Instead, rainwater rushes off-site, usually taking soil with it during each rain event, causing the soil erosion that clogs our streams and rivers, silts up our dams, and worst of all, eliminates the organic-rich, nutrient-laden topsoil that has stored tons and tons of carbon deposited over the years. So we can either have the tree in place or we can cut it down. We can either let trees grow in our landscapes and our parks, or we can mow, mow, mow. And when we mow, 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 we're eliminating any possibility that trees might grow and provide the benefit of capturing rainfall. These are choices that we make. So what does any of this have to do with climate as such. Well, trees are a reservoir of water. They transpire water. When they transpire water, they cool the surrounding areas. Also, trees 
are a form of habitat, they create an ecosystem around them, and that ecosystem includes other plants, other trees, it includes animals and fungi, and that ecosystem is able to absorb water and absorb carbon. Both water and carbon are relevant to climate. And when trees absorb carbon, they're taking carbon from the atmosphere, and they're putting it into the ground, ground carbon. Carbon in the ground is very much an asset for wildlife, it's an asset for plant growth, and it creates a soil sponge. It creates a ground that can absorb rainwater, thus extending the period of green growth, extending the resiliency, making the landscape and the plants and the animals more resilient to drought. Item number two in how trees can be instrumental in restoring our climate. This is from the U.S. Forest Service. It says, forest soil helps the water table. It says, to become groundwater, rain must fall, then seep through the soil down to the water table, like water going through a coffee filter on its way to the pot. But sometimes, Water never has a chance to get into the ground. Instead, it washes off parking lots or other paved areas, eventually making its way into lakes or streams. Forests are very good at letting water enter the ground and recharge the water table. The soil, shade, and organic materials under trees help hold moisture so it can be absorbed and replenish groundwater levels. So trees help recharge groundwater. Why should we be concerned about groundwater? Well, for one thing, groundwater provides a steady supply of water for plants. So with that groundwater, the plants continue to grow. Without that groundwater, the plants tend to dry up. With groundwater, whole ecosystems can continue to grow, including the soil microbiome, including the insects and the worms that root around in the soil, including the birds and the small mammals that prey upon the insects in the soil. Another thing groundwater does is it makes the streams flow more gently and more steadily. In nature, Streams tend to flow more gently and more steadily. But with human activity, what the streams do more frequently is that they flood and then they dry up. And then the rain comes and they flood and then they dry up. Well, you can't maintain very much of an ecosystem in that stream if it's going to flood and then dry up. Fish can't live in it that way. Frogs can't live in it that way not very much of a variety of insects can live in a stream that's going to flood and dry up. That's why we should want to recharge our groundwater so that streams can flow more steadily.
Reason number three that trees can be instrumental in restoring our climate is that trees hold water. About 50% of a tree is water. The leaves hold more water and the woody parts hold less, but about 50% of a tree is water on average. So whenever we remove trees, we're removing a reservoir of water. The tree itself is a reservoir of water and it helps support a surrounding ecosystem which is also a reservoir of water. So all living things have water in them. Animals have water in them, plants have water in them, fungi has water in it. Healthy soil is about one-fourth water. So look at a forest or a tree, see how much water there must be in it, and then ask yourself, should we be with or without that reservoir of water? Ask a different way, do we want our environment to be more of a rainforest or more of a desert? If we want our environment to be more of a rainforest and less of a desert, then we need to preserve the reservoir of water that is a tree. We need to preserve the reservoir of water that is a forest. We need to preserve the reservoir of water that is the ecosystem made possible by trees and forests. Reason number four that trees can help restore a stable, positive, prosperous, nurturing climate is that when we respect and protect our forests and trees, we tend to mitigate the urban heat dome or the urban heat island effect. So our cities have a lot of impervious surfaces. There's a lot of pavement, a lot of concrete. The sun tends to hit those surfaces and tends to heat up like a frying pan. But we, when we can have more forest area, more tree canopy in our urban areas, then it tends to mitigate that, urban, that uh, urban heat dome effect, that urban heat island effect. So is rain going to be more able to penetrate a heat dome, or is rain going to be more able to penetrate a tree canopy? Well, the tree canopy creates a situation where you have more moist, cool, low-pressure air. Rain can more easily penetrate that, whereas with a heat dome, it's hard for rain to penetrate hot, dry, high-pressure air. Sometimes in a city that has a heat dome, it's like rain is on the way, you can see it on the weather map, but then the rain never occurs because the rain went around because it's hard for the rain to penetrate that heat dome. As a result, you've got warming temperatures. I was going to say global warming. Well, you have global warming on a local scale. If we want less global warming, then let's make it so that our localities have cooler, more moist microclimates that are less subject to droughts and heat waves. Reason number six that trees can help restore a livable climate is that trees cause precipitation with bacteria that they emit 
from their leaves. So there's a bacteria called an aerobacter. The aerobacter was known by the microbiologist Louis Pasteur, but he didn't know what it did or where it came from. We now know that aerobacter comes from trees and it causes rain. The thing about rain is that to have precipitation you need a nucleus. The nucleus can be different things. It can be an ice crystal, it can be a salt, or it can be a bacteria. So trees have the ability to emit this bacteria that causes precipitation and thus they cause rain. So the more trees you have, the more aerobacter bacteria you're going to have. And the less trees you have, the less aerobacter bacteria you're going to have. So more trees means more rain, less trees mean less rain. What does rain have to do with climate? Well, what does rain, why, why, why did we get to the place where we're talking about climate without talking about rain? We talk about rain as if it's the victim of CO2 without, you know, we're totally focused on CO2 as a greenhouse gas, and we're not focused enough on what we're doing to the land that actually changes climate. And we talk too much about climate as if climate means global average temperatures. We forget that a big part of climate is rainfall. And rainfall can go up or down depending on what we do to the land. And rainfall can either be sporadic or steady depending on what we do to the land. Reason number seven that trees can help restore a stable and livable climate is something called transpiration. So transpiration is like perspiration. When we perspire, that means water is coming out of our bodies. When trees transpire, that means water is coming out of the trees. So a tree uses part of its energy to soak up water and then let that water transpire. And when they do that, it has a very real cooling effect. It also has the effect of preserving a somewhat moist environment in the forest or under the tree. So that moist environment pretends, uh, it prevents the ground under the tree from becoming too dry. It also prevents wild fluctuations in temperature because when you have the moist forest environment, it's going to be cooler than the surrounding area on a hot day, and it's going to be warmer than the surrounding area at nighttime. So therefore, animals are going to gravitate toward that, and animals and plants have these symbiotic relationships with each other. For example, birds tend to spread the, the seeds of plants and disperse the seeds of plants. Small mammals tend to dig into the ground and make holes, and so when it rains, there's more place for the rain to go. So trees, I mean, plants and animals have these symbiotic mutual relationships.
So the reasons trees transpire is that it's very, very good for the surrounding ecosystem in which they reside, in which they find themselves. When they transpire water, it's good for the surrounding ecosystem on which they depend. So how much does an average tree transpire? According to the U.S. Geological Survey, a medium-sized oak tree transpires about 40,000 gallons per year. And if the growing season is about eight months out of the year, then that averages out to about 150 gallons per day. So a medium-sized oak tree is pumping out all of this water, 150 gallons per day, all of which evaporates. And that 150 gallons per day has a measurable effect in terms of the heat that is turned from sensible heat into latent heat. Sensible heat is the heat we can feel. Latent heat, it's an unfortunate name. Latent heat is not hot. In fact, it's cool because latent heat is a form of motion energy more than sensible heat energy. And when do you hear anything about this in the mainstream climate conversation? The The answer is that you don't. I don't know what the deal is, but there are all of these interesting and actionable aspects of climate change that are just not discussed in the mainstream media. And I think that if people understood what really does cause climate change and what the solutions really are, then that would jeopardize the commercial interests that are doing so much to change land use and it you know it it would it poses a threat to the commercial interests that own and sponsor the media if there's another better explanation i'd like to know what it is because the real problem of climate change is a whole lot more intuitive and common sense than what we're led to believe and the solutions are intuitive common sense and actionable on a massive scale, but we don't hear about water, trees, plants, ecosystems, better farming methods. We don't hear about any of that with any regularity in the context of climate change. It's all about carbon dioxide, baby. It's all about fossil fuels. It's all about supposedly a renewable energy. As if what we really need to do is change the way we generate energy. We don't have to change what we do with the energy. We don't have to ask ourselves, why are we using all this energy? Why is there all of this energy being devoted to activities that the average American would never approve of if they had information and control. But Americans don't have very much information about what really goes on or why. And if they did, they wouldn't be able to control it because the real decisions are not made by the people or for the people. I'm just saying. Item number eight on why trees can help restore a livable 
climate is that water cools the air and creates microclimates. Emphasis here on microclimates. It's not all about global average temperatures, as helpful and informative as that may be, but we have the ability to create cool microclimates where we are. Item number nine, how trees can help create livable, uh, restore a livable climate, is that roots inject carbon into the ground. All plants do that. Roots inject carbon into the ground. They do that so as to attract an ecosystem that's going to deliver nutrients to the plant. And in so doing, they put carbon into the ground on a semi-permanent basis. Trees and other plants and grasses could be restoring massive amounts of carbon into the ground. You hear about this with some regularity, but not enough, and it's never really used to challenge the mainstream narrative. Item number 10, how trees could help restore a livable climate. Photosynthesis has a cooling effect. So photosynthesis is where plants take carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. They, you know, sunlight plus carbon dioxide plus water. They take that and they turn it into sugar and oxygen. From a chemical standpoint, it's called an endothermic reaction. So there are chemical reactions that absorb heat energy and there are chemical reactions that put off heat energy. So trees, plants, they absorb heat energy on a massive scale. And I haven't seen any of the numbers, but it's got to be a massive amount of heat that they are taking out of the atmosphere. And yes, someday that plant will die, but the ecosystem as a whole could be growing. You know, we can either be degrading our ecosystems, which we've been doing for thousands of years, or we can be nurturing and growing our ecosystems. If we will nurture and grow our ecosystems, then the ecosystems are going to contain more water, they're going to contain more carbon, and they're through photosynthesis, they're going to be absorbing a lot of energy. If, if you want to get an idea of how much energy there is in a tree because of photosynthesis, then burn some wood. When you burn the wood, it releases a massive amount of heat energy. Well, photosynthesis is that occurring in reverse. So not only do ecosystems have massive benefits in terms of habitat, clean water, food production, restoration of water cycles, cooling our microclimates, cooling our global climate, but they're also constantly absorbing heat energy if we will allow them to do so and if we will help the ecosystem grow and continually absorb that energy. It's always going to release some of that heat energy, but on a net basis, an ecosystem complete with trees or grasses, depending on the biome, but an ecosystem, not least of all trees, could be in the business of absorbing massive amounts of heat energy from 
the atmosphere. So we can do this voluntarily in our local communities, but we also need to be asking who gets to make all these decisions? Who is making the most important decisions that affect us, our climate, and our ecosystems? This has been the Climate Report on WFMP-FM 106.5 Louisville. This is Hart Hagen, your host, and I hope you have a great day.